Let's go, girls. From New York City to Los Angeles, Powered Up with Beck and Franklin is giving women of all ages permission to live the life they've always dreamed of. Why live in black and white when you can choose the brilliance of 3D and Technicolor? Each week, Sandra Beck and Linda Franklin and their high-powered guests will be here to cheer you on, to share their challenges, their successes, and what they've learned along the way. It's all about women supporting women. The stories and practical tips on sex, beauty, money, and so much more are designed to help you reconnect to the powerful woman you are. Fabulous knows no limits. Now it's time for you to expand your boundaries. Here are Sandra Beck and Linda Franklin. Man, I feel like a woman. This is Powered Up Talk Radio, and we are having a special series this summer into the fall, and we have had some great programs on health and fitness and energy movement, and today we're going to talk about nutrition, and this is a special show sponsored by Motherhood Incorporated, so you're not going to have any commercials. You're going to be with us for the next 55 minutes, and we are going to welcome today Rona Brynan, and she is, she's not only a great friend of mine, she's been the person mostly responsible for reworking my nutrition, and when people see me, they always tell me, I look so young, my skin looks so good, my hair looks so good, and of course I eat it up, literally and figuratively. She helped me kick my Diet Coke a day habit and my hamburger habit, which was really funny, Rona, because I just needed something to get me through the stress in my life, and I never thought of myself as somebody who turned to food for coping, but clearly I did. And even that awareness wasn't enough for me to change. And what are you doing now then for your go-to? Well, you know, I'm trying to really make a difference in my choices and, and, and thinking about what I was doing. Because in those days, I was on autopilot. And some of the things that you taught me back then, I still hold on to today. And one of the big ones was, are you really hungry? Like, are you thirsty? Are you tired? Are you mad? Are you sad? And, you know, I just got to the habit of reaching for something. And for many years, you have taught nutrition, you're a nutritionist expert. Can you tell us a little bit about your background uh, and for today for our listeners who might not have, have listened to you before? Okay, well, um, and thanks for having me, by the way. So I basically grew up in a, in a healthy family. My mom was a health nut when I was growing up. I, at 12, became like a vegan, which I'm no longer. But my parents were my inspiration. My mom is now 84. My dad is about to turn 91. Neither of them are on any medications. They've not had surgeries. And so they've modeled, they always modeled a healthy lifestyle eating well and exercise, but um, I ended up going to chiropractic school, and then from there, I got a master's in nutrition because I wanted to learn more, and I'm a personal trainer, so it's kind of, it's always been part of me, so I know it's probably easier for me than, say, someone who wasn't part of that, but um, that's my background, but I would say my motivation is when I eat well and I exercise, I feel so much better. 
Absolutely. I mean, it is so true. You know, when you gave me some of these tips, like when I got off the caffeine, I got off the soda and switched to water. And I'll be honest, it wasn't easy. You know, that was something that took me probably a total of six months to kick because it was a habit. What was the, how did you do it? Why? Well, I did it for a couple of reasons. One, I got scared when we, <laughs> we got scared when we were talking on the radio. Like when you started reading the ingredients, what was in, you know, these things that I was putting in my body or putting in my kids' bodies. Um, I had no idea. I didn't know what half the stuff meant on the ingredient label. And I know, you know, I'm an educated, successful woman. And if I don't recognize these things, it's like most people don't have a prayer. So I really thought about like what I was putting into my body and then um you were we we became friends when I became a single mom and I had to really take a hard look at my life going okay there's no husband there's no you know my mom was was in the process of dying and she did pass away so there was no like safety net you know like oh well my husband will take care of me or my mom will take care of me all of a sudden it was like oh no <laughs> it's all on you it's all on me and I think we all hit that point at some time or another but I'd rather take care of myself so that I'm not a burden to my kids. And that was the mindset change that changed in me. So, okay. Cause, and I think that's one of the first places anyone needs to look is why do you want to do this? Like I get people in the gym or if they, some people say, I want to lose weight. I'm like, can you tell me why? Because if you first find out why, and then have that motivation, I think that's going to stick better. Do you think? Oh, I think so. Because when you, I was doing an interview a while back and the guy said, he's like, here's the thing. He's like, your spirit has to be willing. Your mind needs to change for your body to follow. Right. And everybody talks about like mind, body, spirit, mm -hmm. but it's really spirit, mm -hmm. you know, mind, body. Do you know what? I heard something recently and I haven't checked to see the truth of this, but sure. I was shocked to hear this, that Jack Lane, who was actually one of my, you know, I mean, I grew up watching his shows. But he apparently did not like exercising, I just heard. Wow. And I'm like, what? I, I literally, I can't remember where I heard this. And I'm like, what? That can't be. And they said he actually didn't like exercising. But the reason he did is he loved how he felt afterwards. And that's me. Sometimes we all have been there, right? Sure. You're like, I do not want to go exercise. I don't have the time. I don't want to. I, don't I feel I'm sluggish. But we go do it. And then before you know it, you feel great, Right. And so I try to get people to not only why do you want to start exercising, why do you want to lose weight, why do you want to eat better, but think of how you feel when you do eat better, when you do lose even a few pounds, or when you exercise. How do you feel afterwards? Because that might be the motivation for you. Everyone's different. Well, everyone is different. But one of the things that you taught me that is, is so vital, and I think you know this goes along with the whole thing about you said Jacqueline didn't like exercising. And I think we as a society, especially the American society, we're all into it better taste good, it better feel good, it better, you know, work right away, you know, the whole magic pill, you know, everybody's seen that, you know, 48-hour diet, lose 50 pounds in 48 hours, you know, crazy, crazy claims mm -hmm. they make. But we as a society are trained to always think food has to taste good. And I, you gave me this great argument with my kids and, and we, we, I use it all the time because, you know, I've got one meat eater, I got one vegetarian and, you know, getting the foods into them that their body needs, even in small amounts can be a battle. And so years ago, you told me on the radio and I remember it was Rick because we were talking, we were whining, me, Chris, <laughs> Christy and Rick were all whining because we had this radio show and Rona had us putting like money in a bucket for something. I, oh, it was 
the weight loss challenge. Yeah, the weight loss challenge. Right, we right, tried right. to do the weight loss yeah. challenge. And two of us did really well and one not so hot. But um, <laughs> the funny thing was is you got mad at us and you were like, and I, you know, and I could run the clip if I could find it. But you said, not everything you eat has to taste good. <laughs> and I think of that and I have programmed my kids that, you know, they may not like green beans, they might not like the broccoli, but it's so good for their body so if they could just eat it today and not everything we eat has to taste good because especially with kids their tastes change as they grow. That's so true and you know the research has shown too you develop taste buds for what you're eating. Sure. So you may not like okay the broccoli but if you continue eating it actually you develop taste buds for that and the same vice versa you're eating Snickers every day you're craving that and they have found actually again through studies the highest addictive type foods salt sugar and fat and of course all the fast foods and the junk and everything that tastes good really has that and they have found that those three ingredients salt sugar and fat the trans fats particularly hit areas of our brain, the dopamine centers, that's the same centers that smoking and alcohol and drugs hit. So wow. it does become kind of addictive, and the more you eat of it, the more you want it. So, I mean, my students, I teach nutrition at a community college, and I have them. I go, I tell them from day one, bring food, bring your snacks, enjoy yourself, relax, do what you want to do, right? And then as they start pulling out their snacks and eating it, I go, oh, can you read the food label? So they, like you said, they start reading the food label, and they're like, what is that? What are these ingredients? And it kind of does change. I've had some students literally get up and throw it out. Yeah. But then I've had others, well, it tastes good. Yeah, but, you know, it's at some point in your life, and especially, you know, when you get to be, I think when, you know, like our baby boomers are, you know, we're all getting older, and I'm at the tail end of the baby boomers, but I, I look at what my baby boomer friends, you know, that are 10 years older than to me, you know, is taste good really matter when you have diabetes, you have high cholesterol, you have, you know, and I look at some of my friends who have said things to me, you know, even in my own family, which is like, well, you know, I'm middle-aged, I'm just going to eat what I want. And, you know, it's so funny, Rona, because when you start cleaning out, like one of the things I did when I first met you and, you know, and the kids are always like, hi, the snacks <laughs> when Rona comes over, but my kids will look at the ingredients. They look at the potato chips and they see, okay, oil, like salt and potatoes. Like, you know, there's one brand that, that is like that. And the kids will choose that, you know, over others, you know, cause they, they get it. But until I got it and I cleaned out my kitchen, it's so easy when you don't have it and you don't buy it. And the funny thing that happened to me too, Rona, with all this stuff is, you know, I had a big financial hit. I had a foreclosure uh, two years ago on one of my homes and uh, I had a $35,000 tax debt. And I wasn't going to live with that hanging over my head. So I was scraping, scraping, scraping. And when I looked at the price of a box of cereal, $4, if I looked at like, you know, chips and, and things like that, you know, you're looking at another 3 or $4. And then I would look at a pint of blueberries and go, okay, a pint of blueberries is $1.99. My kids don't overdose on blueberries, tangerines, bananas, apples. They don't stuff themselves with those things. Well, once in a while, my little guy eats too many blueberries, but, <laughs> but the whole point is like they will eat a whole bag of chips, mm -hmm. but they won't overdose on the fruit. And then when I looked at my grocery bill and I saw, my goodness, when I don't buy the ice creams, the packaged foods, the convenience dinners, the, the processed cereal and the uh, candy and the snacks, my 
grocery bill, it went down like $40 a week. I mean, a big, big substantial savings. I am not surprised. People always say, well, I can't afford to buy healthy foods. They're too expensive. And I challenge everybody who says that. My students tell me this all the time. I'm like, I, I know I spend a lot less than other people because I've seen it. Sure. When you buy processed foods or you just eat out one fast food meal or restaurant meal, it pays for like pretty much my whole week of food. You know, I mean, when you... It's expensive, but let alone the price of that, what about the price of getting sick? Well, that's a big one because healthcare is changing. And mm -hmm. I know with my healthcare program and the one that I pay for for my kids, my coverage went down and my, my uh, monthly payment went up. Mm -hmm. So I have a vested interest now in, right. and, and one of the things that you taught me, and then there's a lady, Dr. Mitra Goucher, who I also consult with, and she's very big into nutrition as part of our healing and part of our wellness plan as a family. And as a result, when I look at my kids, my kids have been on antibiotics once because of a dog bite mm -hmm. and once because of a lung infection and at the point you know he was like three years old in the lung infection and everybody universally said yes he needs to go mm -hmm. this is this is a true case mm -hmm. for antibiotics um but i look at my doctor bills mm -hmm. you know and other than my kid falling off the playground which you know you know had a had a bone thing um we don't have all that i don't buy medicines anymore i don't and these are kids, and they are not bubble kids. They go to school. You know, right. they my my little yeah. one. Oh, he's the one who licked the. Oh, no. oh, I you know I have to tell you this is what they do, Rona. We were flying last year home from New York, and we stopped over in I think Chicago or Dallas, where they have one of those long people mover belts. Uh -huh, uh -huh. And I was carrying all the luggage, and I'm looking straight ahead, and my one son's in front of me, and my little son was standing behind me. And I could feel him behind me pushing on my back, so I didn't turn around to look. This lady tapped me on the shoulder. She goes, you might want him to not do that. He was oh licking. You know, you think of, the like, thing, the he was arm. licking the black arm oh thing as we went along. And I'm <laughs> like, oh, no, you just sucked in, like, global amounts of germs you think of all the dirty hands from all over the world in this international airport and he's got his head to the side going oh. <laughs> oh my God. you know and you no he didn't get sick wow you know and i really think you know you're right on with you know you and dr mitra are right on with this nutrition stuff because when you put good foods into their body. I mean, my kids are under enormous amount of stress with the divorce and a lot of court stuff. So they should be falling down sick. Mm -hmm. You know, they're in soccer. They're, you know, they're at vacation Bible school today with another, you know, it's like germ warfare in there. There's a hundred mm -hmm. kids in yeah. there, half of them sneezing and coughing and licking things they shouldn't. <laughs> but they're not sick. And this isn't just good genes. Right. You're laying the foundation for them because what they eat early on, people think, oh, you know, I'm only 10, 15, whatever. I can eat whatever I want. But that's not true according to the research anyway, you know, for sure. But because um, I always make the analogy of a car. You, you've seen people, they have a two-year-old car that looks 10 years old. And you've seen people with 10-year-old cars that look three years old. You know what I'm saying? Sure. It's like just because you have a new car, you don't have to change the oil. You can abuse it. It's the same with your body. You, If you take care of it all along, it will, you know, what do they say? You you reap what you sow. You know, right. it's like it will take care of you. I mean, there are no guarantees. Sure. But for the most part, if you take care of yourself, and the research shows like good 70, 75% of your longevity and your wellness has to do with your lifestyle.
And most chronic diseases, heart disease, cancer, diabetes, Alzheimer's, all that are preventable in most cases. The majority of cases, people don't know that because of all the media and what we hear. But according to the research, that's the truth. And when do those diseases start? In childhood. You know, and so that's why, you know, we Americans, we want everything now. Sure. You know what I mean? But it's like, that's one of my biggest driving forces. And as I get older, I don't want to be sick. You know, I just don't. And um, I'm starting to see many of my friends and neighbors and everyone's breaking down. They are. And I I just don't want to. I want to live and have vitality as I grow older. Yes. And I know people in their 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s that are still independent and healthy. And that's how, you know, you want to kind of be, right? Right. But it starts now. Well, it does. And, you know, and I will say that, that, you know, for many of you listening today, if you're committing, you know, at, at 40, 50 or 60 to a healthier lifestyle, it's going to make a difference. And I'm going to talk a little bit about my dad right now, because my dad is 80 years old and he lost his wife uh, two years ago and he was under so much stress, Rona. You know, my mom was Mm -hmm. terminal with breast cancer and he took care of her every day. I mean, we were more afraid my dad was going to have a heart attack and die or have a stroke than my mom, you know, who Mm -hmm. we knew was dying, you know, which is a really weird thing to be like, like, we're all worried about dad, but mom is dying. And, um, but the interesting part of all of it was that during that time, he, didn't take good care of himself you know Mm -hmm. he and then after she passed he was home for a while and he was literally sitting in the living room with her ashes because she hadn't been interred yet she was in her jar and watching tv Mm -hmm. and so he would go down to the fast food places he'd go to the grocery store and pick up the prepackaged foods and by the time he came out to live with me rona he was gray like Mm -hmm. his skin was gray he was worn out he was just he was heavy and bloated and Mm -hmm. you know he just looked to me toxic and you know I of course you know blew a gasket and I started making him like I called him my miracle soups you know they were stewed tomatoes zucchini onions garlic you know because it was cold so you know I made him eat a whole bowl of vegetable Mm -hmm. soup every day then I would make him a giant salad and Mm -hmm. you know he had this giant salad with all fresh vegetables and you know and I really changed his nutrition I put him on vitamins I figured you know what he could pee out what he doesn't need and mm-hmm. and um his weight went down he lost 30 pounds wow in like five months so you know it wow. wasn't it wasn't you mm-hmm. know crazy crazy 30 pounds in a month right but I also took him to the park every day to mm-hmm. walk and mm-hmm. the first couple times he could barely walk like an eighth of a mile mm-hmm. and when he left last year and I posted this on Facebook you guys mm-hmm. can look on my Facebook account he jogged And he jogged for the first time in 54 years. He's 80. He's 80. Wow. I'm impressed with that one. Yeah. I mean, because, but he committed and, you know, and he said to me, Sam, you know, I need to be there for you and I need to be there for the kids and I want to see my grandchildren grow up and I don't want to be scary. Did he notice a change in how he felt? Everything. What did he say? Like, what was he? He said he would wake up in the morning with more energy. He would sleep better. You know, old people Mm -hmm. have a hard time sleeping through Mm -hmm. the night and he would, you know, fall asleep around 8, 30, 9 o'clock and get up at 5 and. And uh, the most miraculous thing that happened when I superfooded him, because I bought one of those uh, Nutribullets and uh-huh. I would grind up everything and I, I stuffed everything into my father. He would have these shakes that had, um, you know, bananas and coconut and flaxseed. And, wow. you know, I'd throw some uh, juiced kale in there because he wouldn't see it. You know what I mean? Yeah, it would yeah, all yeah. go in there. <laughs> 
So it was like my little cocktails. But the one thing that was most extraordinary is when he went home to see his regular doctor. Um, He has skin cancer, so he has to go to this Mohs doctor. And she couldn't believe that his skin cancer, he had one on the top of his head that had to be removed, but they had slowed. Mm. And the peeling of his skin had slowed. And, you know, I took his sugar level. He used to eat ice cream every day. He used to eat a lot of candy, you know, and he was still allowed to have some. It was like the Nazi boot camp. You know, I would give him his portion, Mm -hmm. but his sugar intake went way down Mm -hmm. and he, he was getting younger before our eyes. No. And I believe that. Can I just talk about blending? Yeah. The Nutribullet is your blender, right? Right. Okay. Blending. Someone made this analogy. I mean, I just love this. Think about all the food you put in the in the blender and you drink. It's probably like two salads worth of vegetables. Mm-hmm. Let's say you make a vegetable blend. You can't possibly eat that. No. You can't sit down and eat that. But the more important thing about that when you make a blend, you don't chew that well either. No. If you ate a salad, you would not chew that in your mouth until it looked like with that blend, not to get, you know, grab. No, but, but you're right. So... And we don't have teeth in our stomach. <laughs> okay, so what you, you know, basically, you're absorbing so many more nutrients. He is getting, he, he got, and you know, I know you make them too, I make them. He's getting so much more nutrition. That's what's going to fuel our bodies and help prevent disease. Disease, from what the, what I read, is we're really, a, we're a, we don't have enough nutrients. And we're getting too much of the junk. Yeah. And by the way, sugar is fuel for cancer cells. People don't realize that. You hear doctors say, oh, you have cancer. Eat whatever you can. I know you can't really eat much. Get donuts if that's what you can eat. That is just, let's just put more fuel on the fire because the source of fuel and food for a cancer cell is sugar. So anyway, but back to the Nutribullet. I mean, if if you do, you know me, I like to get people starting with one little, little change. Start with one little thing. Yeah. Because you can't come to me and say, okay, like this, okay, take away all that, and now let's start eating this. It's just, someone's going to do that. I mean, right. some might, but let's be realistic. So I'll say, let's try one little change. And to me, I mean, I think what you did with your dad, I mean, make a Nutribullet, make a, a Vita, whatever you want to use, a blender, and make a little vegetable smoothie. Eat one of those a day. You will notice the difference in your energy level. You will feel so much better. It will motivate you to do other changes. That's true. And you did that. You know, you asked me to make that one little change, and I took it one step further, and I made myself a 10-week program where mm-hmm. each week I made a different change. And, mm-hmm. you know, one of the things that I did add in was just one of those, like, a, a you know, just a juice just a crunched up, you know, and I would cut up, you know, whatever fruits and vegetables I had and I would grind it in my Nutribullet because it was cheap. You can get yeah. it at Target for like 89 bucks. Right. You know, and there's expensive ones like the Vitamix like right. you have. So if you have more money, you know. But the, the Nutribullet is great. Yeah. And by the way, the Vitamix, my mother has her same Vitamix that she had. I mean, we're talking from the 70s. Wow. Because I would wake up, you talk about your kids. I'd wake up in the morning before school and she'd give me like a vegetable blend or or juice. I'm like, who did that back then? But I mean, but it's the same one. Yeah. So the reason I got that one is only because I was going through blenders all the time. They didn't have the Nutribullet back then, but it's the same thing. You know, you need a high powerful blender and the same thing with exercising. Sometimes I go, Oh, I don't want to make a blend. I just, you know, I got to go get all the ingredients, put it down on my countertop. I put it in the, you know what though? Just get, just start doing it. Yeah. After I make it not only physically, cause you get the nutrients so fast, you feel it right away. You do feel it right away. But not just that mentally and emotionally. I don't know about you. I feel it just, 
it makes me feel strong, better. Yeah. I feel good because I'm taking care of myself. And when you take care of yourself, I think that goes a long way making other changes. It does. It does. And, you know, and it's funny when you talk about the taking care of ourselves. Um, you know, when I first went to therapy as part of my divorce, you know, to figure out, like, what am I going to do with my life? How am I going to put this back together? You know, or how am I going to put it back together so I don't end up where I was? You know what I mean? I didn't want to make right. the same mistakes. And the, the, the counselor said to me, she's like, you need to take better care of yourself. Mm-hmm. And you know what, Rona? I was stumped. Mm-hmm. Truly. I sat there going... Does that mean I need to get a manicure and pedicure? Does that mean <laughs> right. I need to cut my hair? Like, right. do I need to get up and run 10 miles in the morning? I, I didn't even know where to begin. And it was like a miracle that we had this other radio show, Motherhood Talk Radio, which is still in syndication. Um, so you can look up uh, Rona Bryan and Motherhood Talk Radio uh, and look up some of those episodes because you'll see me, you know, four years ago mm-hmm. when I was really struggling. And one of the things I committed to was to, and I know this sounds silly, like, that one little thing to put more vegetables in my diet. And I went wacky. I will tell you, like the first couple of months I was chopping like a fiend and, and, you know, going to the grocery store every day. And then I kind of grooved into what works for me, which is, you know, twice a week I go to the grocery store. And then once a week I go, I try to hit the farmer's markets if they're open or if I drive by somewhere mm-hmm. and pick mm-hmm. some of this stuff up. Mm-hmm. And we, instead of thinking about what do I eat today, I think about what, is available for me to eat today. So I'm not searching for blueberries to do a blueberry whatever. Mm-hmm. If blueberries are in season and they're mm-hmm. there at the mm-hmm. farmer's market and I pick up a tub, that's great. So mm-hmm. I had to kind of really change my way of thinking. Mm-hmm. But in incorporating fruits and vegetables heavily into my diet and the kids' diet, the kids had this funny thing, Rona, where they would get these cupcakes in school and at soccer practice, you know, where they have like this big like aerosol sprayed foam <laughs> frosting on it. And then yeah. they would be painted colors and, right. you know, and, you know, both of my kids threw up oh. when they ate them. And then yeah. now they're like, well, we don't like frosting and they like the cupcakes, but, um, I make this rock and carrot cake that the kids love and it has raisins and dates and flaxseed mm-hmm. and nuts. And, you know, it's, mm-hmm. that's what my kid wanted for his birthday. Yeah. Because that's what they're used to now. Yeah. I mean, when you eat, you don't want to be a saint. I tell, you know, everybody and my students, particularly, I'm not a saint. Sometimes I eat some, what we junk. call junk. Yeah. But it, you know, and from the research and I have to say myself too, what they say is, you know, if you eat well, 80% or so of the time, you're doing great. Yeah. And what prevents me really from going crazy and eating too much junk, I know how I will feel afterwards. Just as yep. you know how you feel when you eat well and exercise, I know how I feel when you eat junk, right? You've probably seen it too. That's right. Well, that's the hamburger thing. When you asked me, how yeah. did I kick my hamburger thing? And, you know, and it's funny because through therapy, I figured out where the hamburger thing came from. We didn't live near fast food growing mm-hmm. up. We lived mm-hmm. in the country. So whenever we'd have to go to the dentist, we kind of had to drive in and go to the mm-hmm. dentist. And if we had a cavity or a tooth pulled, like I had right. seven teeth pulled, my mom would take us for a hamburger. Right. So our hamburger became our treat. Right. So subconsciously that must have stuck somewhere. Right. So when I was going through the divorce and things were terrible, um, I would run down and it was convenient right at the mm-hmm. bottom of my street. I would run down and get a Diet Coke and French fries or a Diet Coke and hamburger. And the thing is what you told me is like, how do you feel after? And what I felt was like, I, I felt relief when I was driving there. I felt relief when I started to eating it. But then like 20 minutes later, I would feel mm-hmm. sick. Like mm-hmm. I would feel heavy and bloated and disgusting and just not how I wanted to feel. Mm-hmm. And I thought, what am I doing to myself? Because this fix that I was doing wasn't 
it was in a little bit of relief, but then I paid for it after. Afterwards. Well, that's, and I asked my students that, you know, they're sitting there, I'm not, I literally am not kidding you. They come to a nutrition class with a hamburger and fries and a soda. <laughs> and so I'm like, whatever. But I'm like, how do you feel afterwards? I mean, I just, and many of them are like, fine. You know, they don't know any different. Right. That, you don't know what yeah. it feels like to feel good. Better. Yeah, right. right. But that's the thing, and I, let's go back to, like, you know, you nurtured yourself. You learned to nurture yourself basically with bad food. Right. And unhealthy food. Unhealthy food. And many people do that unknowingly. It's like, oh, honey, I had a client years ago. She was obese, and she said she learned when she was young. Yeah. Her mom said, mom, um, honey, you had a tough day at school. Go get yourself an ice cream. You'll feel better. She learned that and carried that through sure. her life, and every time she felt upset, she would nourish herself or make her feel better with food, but it didn't work. Right. And so, and, and not to pat, you know, myself and my parents on the back, but my mom would tell us, and back then we thought it was kind of cruel, but she's like, go walk, you're in a bad mood, go walk around the block until you, and don't come back until you're in a better mood. And we're like, yeah. you know, but you actually, as opposed to going eating ice cream, which did not help you really. When you go exercise, you release endorphins. You actually do feel better. You do feel better. It's kind of like, you know, you drink a beer. Okay, did you really solve anything? You don't really feel better. It didn't fix anything. But if you went and exercised or nourished yourself in another way, you would feel better. Right. Right. right? Well, and that's what, you know, like my kids with the therapy, with the divorce and all the court stuff going on right now, one of the therapists uh, is teaching my older son, which is really cool. She's like, you have five choices when you're upset. Mm. You know, and the, some of the choices are not good. Punching your brother, yelling at your mother, you know, <laughs> these are not good choices. Right. But she's like, these are the choices that you have when you're upset. She's like, you can, you can write in a journal uh -huh. your feelings down. You can go in the garage and punch a punching bag. Uh -huh. You can run around the house. You know, you can go swim until the anger passes. And then she's like, or you can talk it out with your mom or a friend. And right there were five tools yeah. You know what I mean? And it's like if you're if you don't know, like I talk about being unconscious, like it wasn't that, you know, I had a bad life or anything like that at all. I just was unconscious of mm -hmm. the choices that I had. Right. And you know what? Sometimes, you know, an ice cream does make things better. Right, right, Do you know right. what I mean? It's like, but that should be a tool like in of Treat. ten repertoires of things right. to do. You know, because it's like when you're, you know, like my kids, when they, they lost a soccer game and they were already exhausted and I knew they needed something, mm -hmm. you know, yeah, we will go eat. And sometimes, especially with kids, when their blood sugar gets really low, they do yeah. feel better when they eat. But it's what you give them to eat, you know. And I like to give them frozen bananas on a stick because they, they mimic right. ice cream. They're right. still good for them. Right. And they're great for after soccer. And, right. you know, so it's a balancing right. act. Or maybe give them, a, I'll say to students, you know, get take a big bowl. Put chopped, like you said, bananas or raspberries or something, and put your scoop of ice cream. Right. So you have a little scoop. There's your treat. But half three-quarters of that bowl is something healthy. Brilliant. You know what I mean? But getting back to the nurturing, I don't think we're taught how to nurture ourselves. We are not, especially as women, we're not. Yeah. I mean, I ask my classes all the time. I'm like, how do we, because we talk about this in the weight loss chapter, you know, how do you nurture yourself? How do you help yourself when you feel stressed? People, they don't have clothes. No, they don't have an answer because we're only taught around out like, you know, what I what I feel like I was taught by society. OK, or maybe it's just what I heard. Yeah. But, you know, if you feel bad, eat. Mm -hmm. If you feel bad, shop. Yeah. You know, <laughs> if you feel and, and I mean, granted, shopping does when you uh -huh. find something, it does retail boom. therapy, retail therapy. And it, it helps for little bumps and bruises along the way, but it doesn't help in the long term because then you get right. the big credit card bill. Exactly. And, you know, and it really doesn't fill 
what is in you. And I, I really am happy, like with the Oprah series, her masterclass series and her, um, the, the, what's that Eckhart Tolle's thing I've been reading at the power of now and then the new earth, you know, it talks a lot about, you know, what are the choices we make and, the choices we make have to go back to our thinking, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know, like, what do we think about? You know, if mm-hmm. I sit there and think about like, Oh, I'm single. I'll never get married. I got two kids to raise. They both need braces. You know, <laughs> I could like get myself right into like a whole tub of hobby right, just like right, right. sit right in there, you know, and, and you know, use the, the cream on my face to try to look younger and just keep eating. Um, but the whole point is that our thinking has so much to do with it. And so many of us are going so fast mm-hmm. in our lives. You know, like I used to, feel like I got up in the morning like I was shot out of a cannon mm-hmm. you know it was like 650 and boom like I had to be on the freeway by 657 and and you know the kids had to be here and, and lunches were packed the night before and it was like everything was just scattering and then I'm down the freeway and, and you know I wouldn't even be conscious of the freeway drive an hour and a half each way because I had to drop my kids at daycare then go into Beverly Hills and I would do my calls along the way because I'm sitting there in traffic but I wasn't conscious like I was just going Going. Mm -hmm. and I think a lot of people today there's so much you know tablets and iPhones Mm -hmm. and and cable and satellite and you know live streaming and and then you know then we have everything under the sun that we can eat year-round and we've got all these entertainments we're going so fast we're not stopping to even think about what we're doing we're not enjoying no. I mean, I, I mean, I think I mentioned, I see people at the beach and they're texting They're I don't know what they're doing. They're not even, their heads are in their phone, not in, looking at the beautiful ocean. Yeah. But I mean, again, I, you know, I'm all about the research. I mean, people, I think we're going to head for trouble with all this technology. I know that it's so convenient and wonderful, but we're missing each other and the human contact. It's not as fulfilling texting as it is being right next to somebody. Right. You know what I mean? And when you're not fulfilled, what are you going to do? You Many people reach for food to sure. fulfill themselves. Sure. Food, sex, money, you know, right. um, you know, it, even excessive working out, you know, which I see in California sometimes right. here, you know, it's, it's that whole thing of trying to figure out where is the balance? Where do we? Well, and I still say, we have to take, going back to the nurturing, you have to take care of you, whether it's a busy mom or, you know, you've got, you're juggling jobs and this and that, you've got to take time out of your day. I remember my mom would say this, seriously, we used to call her the sergeant, but she'd sit there and go, okay, I'm going in my room for 15 minutes to meditate, don't bother me. (laughs) And so, but it's like 15 minutes, she's going in there, she's taking 15 minutes. Now, again, she had three children, two dogs, she was the bookkeeper for my father's business, and my oldest brother was had brain damage so he was at the home so she had a full yeah that's a lot on her plus you know she did the home she did the and she cooked every meal and she did this and she was our taxi you know like everybody else and I would hear at 10 o'clock at night I'm in bed and I hear upstairs doing her you know work and but she would take the time she did exercise and she you know ate while she cooked all the meals she found a way yeah like they say Einstein found a way well yeah I mean people find a way in our busy days for marking your calendar, we, we find a way to brush our teeth and right. wash our hair. It's like, how about marking out time to exercise? Well, I think that time gets away from people because, again, they're not paying attention. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? It's like when I looked at how much time, you know, and I did this. I do this with my clients. It's a, it's a real simple thing to do. You just take a piece of paper and you keep track of what you're doing, like 24 hours a day, mm-hmm. seven days for one week. Mm-hmm. You know, and I have a little tracker that I made on Excel, you know, it's really simple. It's just, you know, but right. when you look at how much time is spent, like 
you know, like I would be posting stuff on Facebook. I would be looking for ideas on Pinterest. I'd mm-hmm. flip through a magazine for ideas for dinner. You know, mm-hmm. there is a whole hour gone. Right. And when I started capturing back some of my time, like the first thing I did was I took some of the social media off my phone mm-hmm. because it was so convenient. Mm-hmm. But what it would do was eat up five minutes here, 10 minutes there. And I was spending time on stuff that really wasn't helping me. You know, not that mm-hmm. Facebook's a bad thing and Facebook is a big tool in my business and right. I like to communicate with my friends mm-hmm. around the country but I didn't need to have an alert every time somebody posted something because it was distracting it's to me. It's distracting right, right right and and you can do things while you're doing whatever you're doing like let's say on the phone you're on the phone I know people that spend quite an amount of time talking on the phone exercise while you're on the phone yeah I mean I have one of my friends I'm like why are you at, why are you I hear you huffing she goes I'm on my treadmill you know sometimes we will we'll talk for an yeah, hour sure. she's on her treadmill I'm on my bike and or I'm lifting weights and or I'm dusting. I'm but that's a great right. time to you're on the phone. Exercise. Right. right. Or we've got speaker phones. I mean I chop my vegetables, I do a right. lot of my vegetable prep and things like that. And um you know, and it's it's important. And, you know, we do have to double up sometimes. I will tell you, as a single mother of two kids, you know, with a full-time job, right. I have to double up. But, like, yeah. we have family workout time, and we all work right. out together, you know, and that way we can spend time together. And is it as perfect as having popcorn on a Friday night playing trouble, you know, like it was in the 50s? No. Right. But it's realistic for what we have today because right. there has to be that communication time. I don't want to be like some of these families where they're texting their teenager and they haven't physically seen that teenager for days exactly exactly but see that's great I think that's a great thing when you work out together as a family or let's say you are sitting around watching TV at every commercial say okay let's see how many who can do the most push-ups sit-ups or whatever and make it a contest but know that when you're watching TV because sitting sedentary is so unhealthy right yeah. but we all do it but get up on the commercials at least and do something yeah, you know, do a little something. Well, and I think it's important too. And this is like in my day planner. I really do. I keep track of how long my kids play video games, how long they watch TV, and I just put it all under screen time. And mm-hmm. I'm like, you guys have had too much screen time today. You need to go outside. And screen time can mean tablet, DS, iPod, or television because mm-hmm. they are all screens. They're not. You know, I get these arguments from my kids going, "Well, I'm not on my DS anymore." Well, you went to the Wii. Well, now I'm on the PlayStation. Well. Now I'm on the tablet. Well, no, no, I'm watching SpongeBob. It's like, it's all screen time. So if it has a screen involved in it, right. like my guys in the summertime now, they get two hours a day of screen time. Mm-hmm. And they can allocate that any way they want. And, you know, they have to do some reading. And then they have to be outside. I'm mm-hmm. sorry. You know, we are great. You are raising a generation of pasty-faced white kids who are right. sitting in front of the screen and they are absorbing, you know, massive amounts of information. And, you know, I was I saw a thing in psychology today on their website that said by the time the average American is 80 years old, he will have spent 15 years in front of the television. Is that nuts? Horrible. You know what you could have accomplished with that time. But I don't know where you got the two hours a day from, but that is so perfect. American Academy of Pediatrics states two hours tops a day of whatever. TV, like you said, TV. Screen time. time. Exactly. Because like I said, when we, when I was growing up, right, I mean, we came home from school. We were out playing until our moms called for us. I mean, right. And we, you know. We just didn't have all, all these gadgets anyway. Distractions. You Distractions. Know. But, you know, kids are getting really sucked. They're getting adult diseases. 
Yeah. Diabetes. They're getting heart disease. They're getting, well, we know cancer and whatnot, but there's, I mean, these were, let's say diabetes used to be called adult onset diabetes. Right. And now it's called type two because kids are getting it. And, uh, well, I can tell you, go to the mall, go to Walmart, go to my son's elementary school. I mean, I did a, um, field trip this year to the museum of science and industry. And I was horrified Mm -hmm. because three of the girls in my group were an equal weight to me. Now Mm -hmm. I am a 47 year old woman, five Mm -hmm. foot eight and they're fifth graders. Big, big girls. I mean, and, you know, I looked at the classroom and I would say a full third of them Mm -hmm. would be classified as obese by by even by generous standards. You know, we're not even going to go by crazy, crazy, restrictive standards. We're talking, you know, I look at the kids um, when my son had his sleepover party. uh, We had 14 kids. And again, three of them I would put in the obese category, you know, they're mm-hmm. fifth graders and they've got beer guts, you know, they've right. got the fat hanging over the bathing suit the, and mm-hmm. the one, they, two of them went on my trampoline and they ripped it. Yeah. I mean, I'm not kidding you. I saw the one. Yes. So, but no, but, and the, and the, I call it the Buddha belly, mm-hmm. but you know, the sugar, the high fructose corn syrup that they're now using, it's not a utilized sugar. It doesn't get utilized. Like, not that any sugar is good, but it's worse even than the regular table sugar. It goes right to the butt, to the belly because it's not used. Yeah, energy. But yeah, I remember growing up in the sixties when I was in elementary school. There was back then we had kindergarten through sixth grade. Right. There was one obese kid. Right. Everybody knew who the fat kid was. Tim Waters I was the fat kid in my school. I still remember his name because yeah. yes. it was. So unusual. unusual. And we had one kid that had diabetes, but it was type one. And I mean, it was just unusual that this kid was obese. Now look at the schools. Yeah. I mean, I look at my own students, but you know, I teach where you have to take an elevator or stairs to go up to the third floor. I've got, you know, I see students that they're taking, I'm like, they're 20 years old and I'm taking the stairs. I'm, you know, in my fifties and I'm carrying all my stuff and everything going up the stairs. I'm not, I'm not saying I'm not hopping and puffing, but I'm doing it. Right. And they're taking this, the elevator. I'm like, why? Right. You know, park for, I park the furthest away. They have faculty parking right in the front. I park all the way in the back and they take every opportunity part. When you go to the supermarket, park in the back. Take the stairs. Don't take the elevator. You know, find every opportunity. Well, I do my loop. Like, this was another one that that I think maybe I've gotten from you. I can't remember who told me it. But, like, when I go to I go to the Super Walmart to, you know, because I need everything from Band-Aids to bananas, you know, to a right. video. You know, whatever yeah. it is I need or, you know, a, yeah. a charger. Um, but what I do before I do my shopping, right. I walk the whole store. I go up and down there every aisle. Because this, you know, those Super Walmarts are right. huge. So, yeah. if you're going to start in the produce, hit every aisle. Right. And I go and I walk on the whole thing and I don't bring a card. I don't do anything. I do my walk. And then I, I finish my loop and it's kind of neat because I get different ideas, whatever. I might jot something, stop, jot something down on my list. But then I go get my card and I fill up like, you know, what I, what I want or what I need, you know, for the day. But, um, I can tell you that when I put my pedometer on mm-hmm. and I clip it to my bra, you know, I stick it in there because it's kind of irritating and I remember it's there. It doesn't irritate me like illness irritate me. Just I just know it's there. If I have my pedometer on, I will walk on average, and I charted this over 30 days, 4,000 more steps a day. Okay. I love the pedometer, right? You can buy one at Walmart for under 10 bucks. Six bucks I paid yeah. for mine. So the pedometer, they say you want like 10,000 steps a day. Let's just say. Yeah. That's what they, the goal is, but which is about five miles for most people. But in any case, 
I, and I think this is a wonderful motivation tool. Like you said, you walk more. If you, even for whole families, I, I suggest to people put a calendar up, a wall calendar, and everyone gets a pedometer, and you challenge yourself. Because, you know, when you challenge, sure. who walked more steps by the end of the week? You know, and have some kind of prize or whatever. But, yes, when you have something in your you're – Because you're conscious of yeah. it. You realize. You will walk further. You'll park your car further. You'll do – like you said, you go to the Walmart. It does, I think, motivate you to walk more. Well, yeah. It's like I started walking at the kids' soccer practices. Now, mostly yeah. the moms all sit around with a bag of right. chips on a yeah. blanket. And right. they're drinking and talking. And that's really great because mm-hmm. it's important social time for mm-hmm. mom. But I'm always like, come on, you guys. Let's all walk. Let's, all, let's walk around the soccer field. Right. We can still see our kids. We're still present. We can right. still chit chat but we're not sitting around just sitting more sitting right. um because the one thing that was astounding to me rona was that with all the stuff i have to do with my kids for me to only hit 2500 steps a day mm-hmm. is insane but it mm-hmm. makes sense because mm-hmm. i'm in the kitchen and i'm getting all our lunches together then mm-hmm. i grab my computer and my work and i go sit in a coffee shop while my kids do whatever then i pick them up and we we, we walk from the like the soccer field to the car which isn't mm-hmm. that far then we drive to, to walmart and this is before my pre you know do my loop days right but I could be completely and utterly exhausted, be up from 6 in the morning, not go to bed till 1130, mm-hmm. and get 2,500 steps in, which is crazy. Nutty. Yeah, that's crazy. It's nothing. Yeah. It's crazy, it's nutty. crazy nutty. But because of our, you know, moms are mostly in the car. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of people are taking the subways, you know, things like that, that we're not getting. Mm-hmm. And most of us these days have sedentary jobs. We work on the computer. We have right. to read. We have to, even the teachers were telling me they stand so much. Right. One right. of my teacher friends was saying, I told her the pedometer thing because I put it on my um, six-year-old. <laughs> and he, God bless him, 23,000 steps he took Whoa. from 7 in the morning till like 9 at night. Wow. Because he runs everywhere. It's yeah. Zach. You know, he runs yeah. up and down and he's running and running and running and running. But, you know, my little guy, my older son used to be like that up to about the age of 8. Mm-hmm. And then something happened. And I think it's video games and stuff. Mm-hmm. He started becoming more sedentary. Right. And, you know, so now, you know, we go in the park. But these... These things that we're not aware of are going to kill us. Yeah, right. Well, being sedentary, I was just reading something yesterday that actually being sedentary, even if you work out a half an hour, an hour a day, doesn't undo sitting for eight hours a day. Right. It's that bad for us as far as increasing your risk for chronic diseases. And I'm guilty of it. I mean, I I sit in front of my computer doing work for hours on end. and. What I started doing is, because what I've read is, actually, you want to get up every 15 minutes. This stands up even for a minute or two. We'll undo some of it. So what I started doing, I don't do the 15 minutes, because you know you get into your Right, you're working. But I try to, every half an hour, I started doing this. It's really kind of cool. And you have, I know, a treadmill. I have a stationary bike. Every half hour, I get up, and I go ride my bike. I go, just five minutes. Yeah. Five minutes. That's minutes. a good idea. I go in there, I do five minutes, and then I come back. Do you know how much you get done? I mean, let's just say you're working for four hours. If you, every half hour you go in in five minutes. Right, you just got a 20-minute 20 20 workout, I mean, you and you think... probably produce more from a work standpoint well, because yeah. we kind of get into that, like, hypnotic. Yeah. So sometimes it is hard even for me. I'm like, oh, uh, you know, you're in a roll. You're in a, no, just go, stop. And sometimes five minutes turns into ten because you're just going. Right, you feel good. good. But it energizes you, and you mentally, physically, you produce more. Yeah. But it's really good for our health. And so that's, you know, a good thing. And who doesn't have five minutes? 
Right. Well, and it's, but it's, it's in your new, I have had to set my phone to do that. Right. And I now stand in my kitchen here. I bring my computer in the kitchen and I stand up while I work. And I know that's like, I tried the exercise ball. I tried sitting on that, but I kept falling over the mouse, you know, you know, and it was just, that wasn't working for me, (laughs) but I will stand up in the kitchen and I will work. And then when I'm thinking like, this is really weird. And this took me a while, you know, because I'm a 20 year computer tech, but there are pauses that I make in my work where I need to think and now I used to be sitting at my desk like and put my hands on my face just like I did put my hands over my eyes and then I would envision what I need to do or what 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 I'm trying to solve you please let the answer come to me you know that pause well now what I do is I walk around my kitchen while I'm thinking in the Mm -hmm. process of standing up and working it was a little hard to get used to but it's made a huge difference. I, and that's what I do when I get, when I'm having, I'm not thinking right. I, again, I get on my bike and I just start thinking about it because you get your blood circulating, going to your brain and somehow or other it always starts flying. Yep. But I start doing that too. I put my laptop on my high kitchen counter and I work there. It's just, you know, again, it's, it's, you're standing, you know, versus the sitting. The sitting is the worst. Or I tell people, yeah. if, let's say you're sitting at a desk, the phone rings. Stand up while you're talking. Right. Because it's so much better than sitting. You'll burn more calories, for one. But you're getting the blood flow. Sitting still, the sedentaries is so bad. It is. It is. And, you know, and for those of us trapped in offices, you know, during the day, um, I find that, you know, I find that my friends tell me, because I'm not in an office anymore, but they will get up and they'll purposely walk to the bathroom. They'll purposefully walk, or like what I did, uh, even in my own house, to trick myself. If I work in the kitchen, my computer, my printer, I have an air printer, you know, I can print from. My printer is all the way on the other side of the house. Uh And then if I'm working on that side of the house, I pull my printer and put it in the kitchen. Right. Just because I need, you know, it's so convenient to have that printer by my knees. Mm -hmm. But what it means is I don't get up. One time, Rona, I got up and my legs were numb. I was sitting in my chair Mm -hmm. for 18 hours. Now, I was figuring this programming thing out and I was so involved in what I was doing and it was a big job and I needed the money. I didn't eat. I didn't sleep. My kids were, you know, I got care for my kids out of my house so I could get this job done. And I got up and I almost fell because my my legs were dead. Like, you know, and I had just been sitting there and working and working and working and printing and working and printing and working. And I didn't get up and I didn't have anything to drink. I didn't have anything to eat. And then I looked and I thought, how is it? It's light out. And I'm like, I had worked round oh the clock gosh. and it was like, I was crippled. I felt like I ran a marathon, but it was a frozen marathon. Wow. Yeah. So yeah. Well, and maybe I know with you, why don't you, when you have to go to the bathroom, if you're at home, go upstairs. Yep. Go up the stairs. You know, these little breaks, you probably would have produced more to, you know what I mean? Yeah. You need these little mental and physical breaks, I think. Yeah, but we don't, I think there's something hypnotic that happens to us when we sit down, yeah. whether we're watching TV, whether we're on the computer, whether, even if we're working, it's right. like our bodies start to freeze. And I think it's a conditioned right. behavior because, you know, I look at um, over the years doing my computer tech work, you know, sometimes I've had these chairs that look like a stool and they have a little back on them and you can lean back and right. forth and you can work. And, you know, I've tried all these things over the years, but it is something that happens to you. Like, I feel like it's a tree. Like you sit down on the couch with your computer and you grow roots because you don't, you don't, you know, you can switch to AOL and you can look at the news and you can watch a funny video and you know, you can get your grocery shopping done. You know, I shop on Amazon and I have groceries delivered and you know, all these things. And I'm like, 
I haven't moved for hours. Yeah. But you're still productive. Right, right, right. But your body isn't. Like, that's the thing. That's that disconnect between the mind and the body. Well, think about it. I mean, you're sitting here right here. You got your cell phone right next to you. You got the computer. You got everything right here. You don't need it. You know what? I start, I keep my cell phone in the other room. Anytime I hear, you know, like a text or whatever, I get up and go. You know, I, sometimes I'm getting up every 10 to 15 minutes, but it's making me get up. Right. You know what I mean? And if you drink more, you have to. You have to go to the bathroom. That's right. Get up. Go to the far bathroom. Go do like 10 squats while you're out there doing that. Do some heel lifts. You know, I mean, take every opportunity you can to stand and move. And move. It really will do you wonders. You'd be amazed. Well, and the funny thing, like even with this, um, you know, like I have on my other, I have two iPhones and I run one for my personal one for my business and my business one is always with me and I have set it to set an alarm, um, I have got it to set an alarm so that I get up every hour. Yeah, there you go. Well, and there are programs that you can put on your computer. I don't have the name of them offhand. That it tells you again if you want to set up every fifteen minutes or every half an hour that you go up and you take a break. Yeah. So if you forget because you get part of you know your work and whatnot, but I th I think it's crucial. And you'll feel no. You don't have to be up and out for ten fifteen minutes. Just stand up, do something for two minutes, five minutes. Right, right. Well, and one of the things that my friends are using, you know, my friends who are trapped in offices, you know, because a lot of computer techs are, are literally trapped in a, in a cubicle, you know, yeah. working on these things, is they have, they forward their landline, you know, the work uh, phone, to their cell phone. Right. And they put like a Bluetooth headset on or an over right. the ear headset so that they can get up and move while they talk. So they're not yes. stuck, you right. know, and it's funny because I've talked to some of my friends and I'm like, where are you? Because I'll hear like a car alarm and they're like, yeah, I'm walking around the parking lot. Right. I couldn't sit another minute, you know, because right. once you start moving your body, right. it's not going to be satisfied. Like I can't sit for hours on end programming anymore. I have to take my computer and yeah. walk around, put it in the kitchen. You know, I have to be moving yeah. more because I, there's that, what's that physics thing? Bodies at rest stay at rest. Bodies right. in motion stay in motion. So right. once your body starts to feel good, and, you know, we talked about early on in the show today, you know, training our taste buds for, you know, what tastes good and training our body for what feels good. And when you talk about your students, the 20-something students coming in your classroom and with a hamburger, french fries, and a Diet Coke, and you know, how do you feel after, if you don't have anything to relate it to, mm -hmm. you're going to think your baseline of health is what is good. And you have no idea how good you can really feel. And so, you know, I like your advice today about, um, you know, getting some of those nutrients into us, you know, by grinding them up in a Nutribullet or a Vitamix or a blender and really chopping those suckers up. So every, you know, your body can take advantage of everything and, you know, drink a cup of green juice or red juice or whatever those things are that you make and think about not everything we eat has to taste good right away. You know, not everything, you know, you think about how awful medicine tastes. You know, medicine tastes terrible. Pills mm -hmm. taste terrible. So what is it to drink a glass of juice? And you know what? In a week or two, you might end up liking it. Yeah. But you're going to love the way you feel. And we want to use this series to raise our baseline of what is acceptable for us because it is not acceptable to be obese in fifth grade. It is not acceptable to have diabetes and to be on five pills. I've got a friend, the commander, who's on five pills. He's 50 mm -hmm. years old. Mm -hmm. And granted, he's an ex-Navy SEAL and he's, you know, got all this stress and he's, you know, going through a divorce and he's got all these things on his plate. But the fact of the matter is, is that if he were taking care of 
of himself, and I hope he's listening today because he does not have to be on all these medicines. These right. are lifestyle diseases. Right. You're not, as someone once said, you're not deficient in this medication. You're deficient in some kind of nutrient or lifestyle. But yeah, I challenge you, just, I know we have to wrap it up. I challenge everyone, make one small little change for your health and see how you feel. Let it sit for a week or so and see how you feel, and hopefully that will motivate you to do other healthy changes, one little one at a time. Okay, this is Sandra Beck. This is Powered Up Talk Radio. Uh, you can find more about, doc, um, about, about Rona Brynan on uh, Bouncing with Style, and uh, we're going to come back next week with some more fitness and health tips for our baby boomers. Have a great week, and we'll see you on Powered Up. We're so glad you joined us for Powered Up with Beck and Franklin. Sandra Beck, Los Angeles-based single mother and technology company owner, knows what it's like to be fit, funny, and fantastic in your 40s. Linda Franklin, a New Yorker with a successful marriage and prominent career, is the brains behind The Real Cougar Woman. She shares her wisdom, grace, and laugh-out-loud opinions based on her stellar successes, both in the financial world and in her personal life. Check out our website, poweredupwithbeckandfranklin.com. And join us next week for another great conversation. We're here every Tuesday at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific, right here on toginet.com. <laughs>